Welcome everybody to the very first episode of Wrestling Is Cool, the coolest wrestling podcast on the planet. My name is Santi and I've been doing wrestling content creation for quite some time now, but I've been wanting to get this podcast off the ground running and I couldn't have chosen a better partner in crime than my co-host today, Sancho West. Sancho, this is your first foray really into the world of wrestling content creation, so why don't you quickly introduce yourself? Hello everybody, uh, my name is Sancho West, like you said, and I'm a big wrestling fan. I've been a fan since the 80s and grew up during the attitude era i'm excited about doing wrestling is cool because i do believe wrestling is cool and i defend it at every time i bring it up at every turn because i am a streamer and things of that sort i play video games i've hosted a lot of things you may have seen me on twitch or twitch rivals or even on the Fortnite, which is the professional uh fncs stream uh santi when you asked me to do this i've been very elated because I used to do a podcast a long time ago covering wrestling, reviewing the WrestleManias and things of that sort, and I just never had an outlet. And for the people that are watching that are big Santi fans, you know this more than I do, is I feel that Santi has brought together a lot of nomads or lost people when it comes to fandom of wrestling, and that is why I'm here. You brought me back into the fold, into uh, the lexicon, into the world of wrestling, and I cannot wait to go on this journey because... I have a lots of things to say when it comes to wrestling, and I feel that uh, hopefully my view is unique and that uh, I'm just excited to be on this journey for you, man. I was a big fan of the previous podcast and a big fan of all your watch parties and the the little shorts you put on TikTok, things of that sort, and I think this, this is enough. I'm giving you too much shine. I'm going to have to cut you off there. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to cut you off. For sure. Hey, and uh, one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you as a host and not a guest, I want to clarify, like Sancho is going to be a full time host here, is that we have a similar but also separate history in terms of what we grew up with with the world of professional wrestling because you and I are both very into it right now and I at some point would like to have a, a discussion as to whether or not we're in the best era of professional wrestling let's put a let's put a bow in that for now yeah, that's, but that's a good question but I grew up Ruthless Aggression era, PG era, into the reality era, into the pandemic era, into where we are today. That's mm -hmm. not the case for you because you have a gap in your professional wrestling fandom. And I'd like you to share that with people so that people understand what holes you need filled in terms of your wrestling. That was poor choice of words, but you get, you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, what yes. era of professional wrestling you might be weaker with, but what era of professional wrestling you'll be able to help me out with. Absolutely. Uh, you know, early 90s was my thing, was my bag. You know, early, I mean, I, yeah, granted, granted, when I was watching all the, you know, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, things of that era. And then the Attitude Era is really when wrestling became a thing. I mean, you really missed out on the Monday Night Wars. That's something special about when I remember, because then you had no DVR. You literally had to flip flop between the WWF, Monday Night Raw, going into WCW. It, it was those kinds of things. It was the hottest time in wrestling. And then, like, I don't know what happened. I, I was one of those people that would be like, I don't know these guys. These names are just boring names and i'm never familiar with the randy ortons or you know of course i know better now but that's when i fell off i just decided just to stop watching wrestling it wasn't just that i grew up or anything it's just the mm -hmm. the the material didn't grasp me as the stone colds and the rock and the undertaker granted during that era the undertaker Shawn michaels triple h were still cooking there were times where i will still watch you know undertaker versus Shawn michaels Shawn michaels and triple h and undertaker like that whole era 
things of that sort. So I didn't really miss out on that. It was just the in-between, you know, Cena's sure. Thugonomics, Cena's run as a Super Cena, all those kinds of things. Those are things I definitely missed out on. Um, the Undisputed Era, all, all those kind of factions that, that happened. CM Punk's run, I, I mainly missed. So those are a lot of the mm -hmm. holes uh, that I have. But then I came back. The holes the you need filled. Yeah, those are the holes you need filled. <laughs> I came back when The Rock came back. Uh, that's when I started to see Cena again. That's when I started to get back into it. Introduction of the, right. uh, you know, CM Punk versus Undertaker and that main event. And then, of course, with the, the beauty of the WWE Network, that really got me back into catching up with a lot of the big matches of the time. And then, you know, now it's Peacock. But I got back into wrestling and with the with the pandemic during the Thunderdome and all those kinds of things that really got, got into it a little bit more. And, and now... Uh, you know, I watch as as much as I can, and I don't. I'm not the kind of a the the, the dirt cheat diver as mm -hmm. a lot of people may be. Uh, but I still listen to wrestling podcasts, and I'm hoping that wrestling is cool. Well, wrestling is cool would be another one into the fold for some people out there. Uh, so you know, absorb it. I love it. My kids love it. I'm trying to get my kids to love it. Uh, they're five and two, a little too young for them. But you know, I'm trying trying to get involved to it. Anytime it's in my town, I go to a wrestling event. My favorite thing that I did was I when I was in Tokyo, I convinced my wife to go watch Kenny Omega in oh, New Japan for nice. Tokyo so, Dome? No, no, no. The, Not... the, it was the hall next to it. it was oh, yeah, yeah, Tokyo, yeah. But that famous hall next to it, and you know, I don't want to butcher the name of it, but it was amazing. Um, you know, watching the young lions go to work, watching uh, Suzuki, right? I yeah, think the, yeah, yeah. Him go to work and hearing those slaps. Oh, oh the Minoru Suzuki slaps, yeah, man. Dude. They're and, they're and, goon. They're he that, that those are the original Gunther chops, man. And dude, he was nasty, man. And this is it was fun just being a part of that Japanese crowd. You know, it's a different crowd. Yeah, it's a for different sure. reverence to be there and you know buying a New Japan shirt and and all those kinds of things. And that's when Kenny was part of Bullet Club. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a fun experience. And that's me as a wrestling fan. Right. I'm at that point though, Santi is like I. I wish I would go see like a triple mania one year. I really mm. want to go see those luchadors uh, go at it and have a good time, especially with uh, El Vikingo. Uh, yeah, Hijo del Vikingo. What I've yeah. realized is that there are just some absolutely bananas independent promotions right now. Yes. I was invited a couple of months ago to go see GCW. Are you familiar with Game Changer the, Wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with Game Changer Wrestling, like they are known for death matches. Like that is what they are known for. I, I mean, Matt Cardona is over there. He's calling himself the king of death matches, which is ab an absolutely hilarious stick. Anyways, is he the indie taker. The indie yeah, taker. the indie taker. That was so good. Uh, one of the things I also wanted, like I'm what I, one of the reasons I'm excited to have you along is to be your Sherpa through the ruthless aggression era, because a okay. lot of people look at the ruthless aggression era with these rose tinted glasses and say that's one of the best eras. Of wrestling see the thing is sancho as i guide you through the ruthless aggression era throughout this journeys you're gonna find out that the ruthless aggression era is both the best and the worst of wrestling ever because it was an era where they were trying to find their new stone cold they lost yeah. stone cold in the rock we have no one at the top we yeah. don't have that top baby face so it was an era where they just tried everything they tried Ooh. everyone at the top for some at some point or another and some stuck some didn't that's how the likes of jbl got to the top eddie guerrero that's why the ruthless aggression era is such a beautiful era because it gave so many people an opportunity to shine at the top and it was all about finding who could stay at the top and that's where the john cena's and batistas came in 
but it was years of experimentation and it is a weird time for wrestling i can't wait to take you through that and you know at the same time we will definitely walk through the attitude era mm. and it wasn't all that great <laughs> i can tell you that right now <laughs> it was not all that great uh, i mean if you weren't the top story you're mid card or even if you're like a jobber level it was not that great i mean the first thing that comes to mind is val venus the story <laughs> um, choppy choppy chop chop yeah, that was bad. there's lots of things that did not age well in the attitude era no. I mean, mark henry Giving birth. Ugh, are you? Geez, I'm sorry. Dude. Are you talking smack about sexual chocolate? Listen, dude. There's just like <laughs> things that just don't age well, and you're just like, I wait. Is I don't even know. I mean, because you know, for me, I always took wrestling as face value, and I know there's writers involved, and I know at the attitude there's writers involved, and in, like Vince Russo and you know Bischoff booking, like all those kind of different styles of different booking. Um, I don't know, dude. I I I always see wrestling as what are the performers doing in the ring. And are they conveying mm -hmm. the message that they want through their promo? That's how I judge wrestling. That's how I look at a match. And we're going to talk about payback later. Uh, that's how I look at pay-per-views or, or premium live events, PLEs. Are they telling the story that they're trying to tell? And are they setting mm -hmm. up stories for the next couple months? And that is how I look at it. And I feel that sometimes wrestling misses a mark on that. And as I have a theater background, so I always see this as a theatrical performance, and I always see um, wrestling as a, a very grueling theatrical performance. But um, it's funny to see that there's some wrestlers who get it, and some wrestlers that they don't. So I'm I'm just excited, man. There's yeah. just like I'm hoping that my, I'm just really hoping yeah. that my perspective in this entire thing that I hope I, I shed wrestling a new light for a lot of people out there. For sure. And you know what? It's in the title. So I'm going to ask you, Sancho. And, I, and by the way, there's a question I'm going to we're going to ask every single guest. Why do oh. why do you think wrestling's cool? Man, I loved it when since I was a kid. I mean, these guys were superheroes. These guys yeah. were walking mythical gods running around. They were titans of their time. I mean, I mean, for granted, Hogan's not the best of the best in, in terms of these days. But when I was a kid, Hogan was it all. You know, Hogan was bigger than life. And, you know, they're just the light bulbs, man. That's what always made it so cool for me is the arena. And you see the flashing light bulbs, which you don't see anymore. Just like they're just popping off everywhere. And, and you know, these guys are, are putting themselves through the ring. And it, it just was like, you know, it's just fun. Mm -hmm. There's It gives you something to cheer for. There's someone to boo. And it's lighthearted and it's fun and it's fun for everybody in the family to enjoy. Um, I just think wrestling is cool. It's because sometimes when it's right, like when those times where it's magical, when everything aligns, the buildup is perfect. The wrestlers are on point. There's the, the action in the rings on point. They're telling a story. And when just everybody in that arena, you could feel it. You could feel that electricity, as The Rock would say. You could feel the moment building and then the pop-off and this is something about it that you can't really find in any other medium mm -hmm. i would say you can't find it in and you can find it in a movie but it's not it's always that awkward clap at the end of the movie. like when people clap yeah there's the movie, no connection right? like because right. part like a wrestler's job is to create that connection with right. the audience and i think you and i are in a similar wavelength here because the reason that i think wrestling is cool is that roller coaster of emotion that a match can take you through from beginning right. to end and like even if you know where it's going to inevitably end like the result it's how right. we get to the result that takes you through those peaks and valleys um yeah. and one of my 
my favorite things to do is when I can get a skeptical wrestling fan to, hey, bud, come here, let me just give it a chance. Just give it a chance. Like, for example, I took my girlfriend to her first show was NXT TakeOver Toronto and also NXT TakeOver Toronto too. And just seeing her light up, even though she didn't understand, like, you know, the full stories and the narrative, but watching her go through the roller coaster of emotions that I tend to go through was such a awesome experience because it's like, ah, yeah, that is why wrestling is cool. Like that feeling that it gives fans. It's the same thing that people will find in common for sports in general. It's just, it's just, you know, it's a moment in time that we all just sit down, put aside everything that's been going on throughout the day. You know, before social media it was just like, this is it, dude. I am watching wrestling. I'm going to watch these stories unfold. I'm going to watch my favorite characters do the thing. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to, you know, evoke emotion. And that's what's so beautiful about wrestling. And, 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 and you know, even at the lowest, at the indie level, all the way up to the big leagues, there's always that that journey that is so exciting to watch. And I think what I love about wrestling is like it will make you believe that there is a supernatural being known as the Undertaker. It will make you believe that Papa Shango made Ultimate Warrior sick and Ultimate <laughs> Warrior started throwing up green Nickelodeon vomit and you're freaking out as a kid. You're like, oh my, is Ultimate Warrior okay? Right? <laughs> so those are the memories that I latch onto um, the most as a, as a kid when it comes to these things. Like, sure, I love movies. Sure, I love video games. I love all that nerdy stuff. But... Let me just put this in a, I guess, the way the cherry on top here or the wrap on this here. Remember that feeling when you watch Avengers Endgame mm. at the very end and the crowd is getting into it mm. and everybody's excited? That's what wrestling does. Wrestling is that medium that does it more than ever. And it took 20 years of movie buildup or 20 movies, I'm sorry, of movie buildup for the MCU to get that. And we will never get that in the MCU ever again. Like that won't happen in movies ever again. You will never have a crowd get so hyped when Captain America finally says his line because that to me is the same feeling of seeing Kofi Kingston going through the gauntlets and multiple gauntlets of Kofi mania and him finally getting that one, two, three. That is the same feeling or equivalent to of Avengers Endgame to me. And wrestling could do that multiple times. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Even on a weekly basis as well. That's why wrestling is cool. This episode of Wrestling is Cool has been brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash santizap. Again, that's patreon.com slash santizap, where for a few extra bucks, you will get access to Wrestling is Cool three days earlier than everyone else, along with exclusive content that only our patrons will see, like our supplementary podcast called Wrestling is Cool Plus, which is just more wrestling conversations alongside every review of Raw and SmackDown alongside NXT that we will make available to the public. Public, and you'll also get access to the monthly book club and the monthly mailbag. All that for just a couple of bucks. Again, it's patreon.com slash Thank you for your support. And back to the episodes. Thank you so much for dealing with us there for the, those first few minutes. But I felt like we needed a little bit of uh, an, yeah, getting to know you face since this is episode one of wrestling is cool. The first of many. But today's topics are two topics. We're going to be talking uh, Chicago made chick magnet punk has been terminated from his all elite wrestling contract and of course we will be talking about uh pay a wwe payback 2023 results what we thought of uh of the matches and uh, where we could see uh feuds and storylines going but cm punk 
So you got back into wrestling when punk started to really blow up in popularity. Okay. Yes. And, and I'm a kind of in a similar boat. So I took a little bit of a hiatus from wrestling and I came back to wrestling when I heard that the rock came back. And mm-hmm. when I came back to wrestling, I'm like, who the hell is the Miz? What, is that John Morrison from Eminem? Who, who are these people? Like I was just looking around like, who are these people? So I was gravitating, of course, to the few that I still knew, the John Cena's, the Randy Orton's. And then there was this one guy who one day on Monday Night Raw grabbed the microphone. And to this day, I still believe it is the greatest professional wrestling promo of all time that's been dubbed the pipe bomb. To me, right. uh, Sancho, that promo saved professional wrestling for me because I came back and I was wholly uninterested in everything that was going on to the point where I was like, why did I come back? I was about to stop watching, about right. to stop watching. And that promo clicked something in my brain that I'm like, that is what wrestling is about. And that they need to build on that. And I, and I need to see what happens next week after that promo. And here I am 13 years later, a professional wrestling content creator. So I owe genuinely not exaggerating my career to CM Punk. Although of course, revisionist history, I'm looking back with things in hindsight. That is the moment that kept me a professional wrestling fan. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know where I'd be today. So I, I'm, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because I am a bona fide CM Punk apologist. This man to me can do no wrong through and through from all of the drama that was happening in the WWE, the initial drama with AEW, I was ride or die family, as Vin Diesel would say, with everything that was going on with CM Punk. I refuse to believe anything negative about CM Punk. And now we're seeing him being terminated from all elite wrestling. And now I'm, you know, going through things in my head and I'm noticing, okay, so there was drama with him in WWE. There was drama with him in AEW twice. Maybe this isn't a coincidence. Maybe the problem is CM Punk. And it takes a lot for me to say that. So I want to pass the buck over to you. When you heard this news, was your initial gut reaction? I was shocked. I felt CM Punk was untouchable. He is one of those big money draws that you cannot deny. He really when he went to aw that day i was just immediately hooked on aw even more i always felt that aw was missing that tent pole i mean you had the kenny omega you had the elite right you had moxley you had hangman page and you saw them trying to develop trying to find something and then they start getting cm punk uh brian danielson right they now they're bringing in some big hitters familiar names it feels like when luger walked into the wcw type of type of vibe right you're i'm starting to see them build something that could compete with the wwe and so seeing the news that they lost cm punk or they terminated cm punk shows that they are trying to build something that is more for the later like they're Mm -hmm. understanding that CM Punk is a problem in this locker room. And I think it's because what ends up happening was all in in London was the biggest event in pro wrestling history, especially for AEW and, you know, world record, most bought tickets, things of that sort. And then for the only thing that our people are talking about is a backstage brawl between Jack Perry and 
CM Punk and Samoa Joe and Tony Khan fearing for his life, all those kinds of things. I think that was the thing that was the last straw. It was like, there's nothing that we can do as a company. If CM Punk sneezes wrong, if CM Punk hits a, you know, does something outside of the ring, we will always be overshadowed by uh, CM Punk. And that's the thing about CM Punk is that he is that big of a megastar in that if he, because, you know, a lot of people are like, we, it's interesting when someone gets ousted as a problem or being dramatic, you see everybody else, you go like, yeah, this guy's a problem and here's why. Like we, I saw videos of Seth Rollins saying that they don't want him at all in the locker room. Stay away, Philly Phil. He said, I just think that CM Punk was just too big for AEW to deal with, and it could be his, you know, drama or his lack of a better word, diva status that he has behind the scenes or the amount of attention he needs. But I just felt that CM Punk would never felt like he was one of the boys. And once you're in that type of situation, you're not one of the boys. You're not part of the elite. You're not this indie wrestler. You're not someone that grinded his way to get into an AEW promotion, like a bigger promotion. Then you're never going to fit in. And they tried, Santi. They tried to help a, a CM Punk to fit in by giving him his own collision show. But I just think once you get to a PL lead event, too much friction, and they had to cut him. Yeah, I mean, that's. I, I want to put a pin on the conversation about collision because that uh, that contract was basically signed off the back of the existence of CM Punk, like entirely. Right. That's why He's Warner money. Brothers. Yeah, that Warner Brothers basically He's is like, money. bring back CM Punk and we'll give you a different time slot. So I'm very curious as to what's going to happen with Collision, both on like the business end, like the back end. What is Warner Brothers going to think of this whole situation, and also what's going to be happening to the ratings? I know, like ratings are such a '90s way to measure things they still matter they matter whether yeah, whether I, whether you want to admit it or not care. they matter they care about it they, they care, care about them yeah yeah for they sure care. they care no, about no, it the suits, the suits for sure advertisers yeah. so it, it is oh, an absolutely. important thing absolutely absolutely yes. but yeah i like what you pointed out about the the cm punk not feeling at the very least us from the outside looking in like not one of the boys but also that brings up a question of why is there this feeling of the boys like i i would have figured that aew would have realized and learned from old wcw days or the toxic days of wwe where like having the boys run things and being political and making decisions is not a good way to do business it's not a good long-term solution you know the the adverb is you know you don't let the um the inmates run the asylum right and mm -hmm. i got at the very minimum commend tony khan as robotic and as ai feeling as that announcement felt i feel like that's the one moment where he realized like i have to be the boss like i have to run this i can't let these people dictate who and who I can't have on certain days because they don't like each other. It's incredibly childish. It's super high school drama. And WWE went through those growing pains and so did WCW, but WCW never got out of those growing pains. So at the, I, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is I'm happy that Tony Khan is recognizing at the very minimum that you can't have this type of backstage um, dynamic. But also, it's like, Tony Khan, you should have learned from history to never have this in the first place. Genuinely, AEW did fumble the bag. I mean, CM Punk is one of the hottest wrestlers still out there, and he's still a name, right? What 
the failures of letting go of CM Punk, I wouldn't say is CM Punk's problem in a sense of like he is who he is. And you you talked about it earlier from his WWE days. That's who he is. It's more of a management issue, a production issue. There is so many things that this is just the result of everything festering for many, many months after the backstage incident between the Elite and CM Punk. Even it goes even back further with, you know, the Colt Cabana. All that, all that kind of stuff, right? All this drama is just festering. is like a boiling point. He finally hit the boiling point. Yeah, so um, <laughs> it hit that boiling point. But the thing is, it just shows you that it's not easy being a wrestling promoter. It's just not. Tony Khan is a big fan of wrestling and even gets called a mark by MJF every now and then. But it must have been extremely difficult for him to cut one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. I mean, that is something that he had to grow for, and this is what the company needs to grow as well. Tony Khan can't be a wrestling fan and be a leader in this locker room or in this company because eventually, like you mentioned, WCW days, Hogan, Nash, Hall, they ran that. Bischoff started doing his thing. Russo came in and started colliding with Bischoff. The finger poke of doom happened. The whole thing with Jeff Jarrett laying down because Hogan didn't want to do something. You never want that to happen. Yeah. You want wrestlers who go, okay, I need to progress this happening. I need to do the, the, the X, Y, and Z. My point that I wanted to make is I it just sucks because it's good to have two promotions cooking at the same time. And AEW was cooking with Collision. I hear you all the time, Santi. You're talking about now that you're doing um, watch parties with it, that you're like, dude, Collision is actually really fun to watch. It's the best kept secret in wrestling that no one watches, right? Uh, it, Collision is the best kept secret. And admittedly, as a CM Punk fan, I don't know how much interest there will be in watching Collision anymore. And that's obviously like I would say that I'm a uh, a top 1% fan in professional wrestling where I have my finger. Yeah, I watch everything <laughs> and I have my finger on the pulse on just about everything. So if I'm a hardcore person that's even wavering on the uh, on potentially watching Collision, I feel like the casual is going to drop super like super quickly and it's a shame because there's so much talent that's being showcased on collision and it's a better wrestling product than dynamite it is a better in-ring product you have the house of black over there you have andrade you have miro you have um ricky starks if you're looking for somebody new right samoa joe like that is the the show for wrestling fans and I love CM Punk being a part of that because he was able to, you know, by his existence, be able to give two more hours of television to showcase them. And great, mm -hmm. like that's still going to be there, but how much longer is it going to be there? That's that. Would, Go ahead. I was going to say, would you say who would be the equivalent of them getting cut in their run? This would be something like, hear me out. This is strange. Sure. Walk with me here, folks. Walk with Sancho. If remember when SmackDown became a thing, who was the top wrestler being pushed for SmackDown? Oh, the Rock. The whole The Rock. Yeah. And then two weeks, three weeks later, The Rock gets fired. Yeah. Is this the same thing 
as them cutting the rock during the SmackDown infancy because that was huge. That was them moving into a completely different time zone to UPN. I mean, the they, rock right, came up with the phrase. <laughs> right. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. Like he was the poster child. CM Punk was the poster child for the third show that they have. I just feel like the roster is too thin to be able to carry three shows. There's not a lot of star power yet. They're cold, they're growing it. I just know I don't know how AEW is going to recover that show. Do they drop it? Do they drop Rampage to save some cost to move things over? I know the cons have plenty of money, but as you saw, Ted Turner had plenty of money as well, and that did not save WCW because it's the networks that make the call. And Warner Brother Discovery, y'all, I don't know if y'all know this, they have no problems cutting things. They cut Bat the Batgirl movie. They have no problems trying to save money wherever they can. The only benefit I would say that saving a lot of things with wrestling, especially Collision, is that there's a writer strike right now and they need content. A hundred percent. They need content, so they're gonna see probably see a ratings drop. We've seen as well. Uh, people don't forget CM Punk. WWE still gets Punk chance every blue moon, every now and then. They're happening less, but every now and then you'll get a CM Punk chant. I just don't know how AEW is going to move on from Punk that easily. There's just no way. I don't think that there is a way. I think this is going to linger over them for a very, very long time, especially because they decided, uh, in my opinion, irresponsibly to make Chicago like one of their hotbeds. Like anytime they do a show, it's always Chicago as opposed to like actually giving other markets a chance. Now that you've made Chicago like your go to, you know, your go to market your aside home. from Jacksonville, like, right? It's your second home. Oh, yeah, it's one home. of your hubs of. I feel like it's it's going to become a hostile territory. We're recording this as All Out is, is starting, but I was able to catch up on Collision, which also took place in Chicago. And that place luckily only booed Tony Khan out of the building and were <laughs> actually respectful to the actual matches that were taking place. But at the end of yeah. the day, Chicago is fickle. Chicago will only let you move. It will only give you so much leash. Chicago is a crowd you don't waste. You just don't waste. It's always a tentpole city that you go through. If you need a new storyline, if you want to get someone over, if you want to give a, a reveal or a new wrestler coming over, you do it in Chicago. You do it in Chicago. You do it in New York. Those are the places that you want to have a rest, your best show. And for AEW to lose that, that's going to hurt them as well. Um, I mean, you're right. I, I, the timing was poor, but I, I have to say, it's one of those moves you're going to look back in and you're like, oh, man, I think everybody benefited from CM Punk, you know, being axed. But my question for you, though, is where do you see CM Punk going? I, I mean, I here's the thing. Like, CM Punk's two ventures are wrestling and writing, both of which, well, one of which is kind of halted you can't really do that he does some acting as well I mean, maybe he just has enough money in the bank where he doesn't do anything anymore maybe i don't know here's the thing i don't know that there's a place for him in the wwe i don't believe that there is a place for him in the wwe there is the 
the saying that Vince is willing to do business with anybody, but he's always gone out of his, Vince has gone out of his way to say that except CM Punk and Alberto Del Rio, those seem to be the only two people that Vince refuses to do business with. Okay. Okay. Well that leaves us with triple H triple H is like the reason CM Punk left triple H is the one that fired CM Punk. So from the top brass over in the WWE, Oh, hang on before that endeavor, you think the UFC people love Phil Brooks, CM Punk? Absolutely not. Like he does, he doesn't have friends over there. He doesn't have somebody rooting for him. I think if anything, he probably has people over there wanting to root against him. If obviously like I'm talking complete conjecture here and I don't actually know, um, I'm just connecting the pieces here, but I don't think that there's a place for him in the WWE, especially when one of the biggest stars in the WWE has gone vocal and said, never come back. Philly Phil, you're he called him a cancer dude. Do I want I CM Punk in WWE? Heck yeah. I know. Heck yeah. I want it, but is it going to happen? I don't dude. I will mortgage my non-existent house because who's no. buying a house in this market. It's not happening. You make so many of those statements. You don't do any of them. You need to eat shorts. You need to streak nude. You're not going to mortgage anything. I have two words for you, though, my friend. Two words that have changed wrestling in a long time. And this is a very underrated thing. And you know what it is? Crown jewel, my mm. friend. The Saudis mm. will pay so much money. That's so true. And if they want CM Punk to wrestle in front of their crowd... CM Punk would get paid, the WWE will get paid, and you'll get your dream match of CM Punk coming back. That's the only yeah. place in time that he will ever make a comeback because you know why? Because it would be a one-off and people would just forget about it. CM Punk for Crown Jewel. Yeah, the, Not this year, could be next year. Yeah, the whoever runs the, the, the Saudi Arabian pri private fund, they're a bunch of marks. They oh, love yeah. they love their nostalgia. Uh, did you did you hear the story that you know they asked of course for Triple H, they asked for Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker, and they also asked for the Ultimate Warrior, who'd been well, dead he, for two years at that point. Like they, they just see? yeah they just want see? yeah they, they just don't care. they don't care they it don't be, care it be, it, they don't care dude they 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 know he's a name they want to see him my question for you who does he wrestle at if there was a crown jewel who does CM Punk wrestle? I mean, again, money's no object. Anything's on the table. Granted, besides AEW guys, but who who, who would he wrestle? Well, I think it sounds like Seth Rollins is off the table. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, it sounds like Seth Rollins is off the table. But I would like something that we haven't seen. Right. Because, okay. uh, of course, Cena Punk would be. Yeah, that's a legendary feud. I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I'd love to see uh, the King of Ring of Honor take on the King of TNA meeting together in WWE, him and AJ Styles, baby. Him and AJ Styles never got to cross paths in the independence and in the uh, and in the WWE. I, I, they, I believe they did cross paths in the independence, like in Ring of Honor. But I mean, like when when CM Punk was big, right, we never got to see CM Punk, AJ Styles. That's a that to me is a dream match. And both of those guys uh, can still go, even though they're in their 40s but that would be a dream match for me what do you got gunther Ooh. versus cm punk Ooh. it's easy for cm punk yeah just has to take a couple of hard just shots to, yeah easy sure <laughs> show, show, show his toughness have some wrestling he you know he wrestled great great against taker but i think giving him an opportunity at a belt would kind of add a little bit of the draw who knows will they put the strap on him at crown jewel 
There's there's just a lot that he can do. If you want to shoot higher, you could even go Roman Reigns. I'm not saying that it's right for business. I'm not saying that it makes sense storyline wise. But Crown Jewel is to me is always like let's just throw things in the hat, see what happens type of situation. It's a one-off. It's like one of those comic book movie or comic book stories that this is a special issue where none of these storylines are going to be carried over after this event. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. Would the locker room hate the move? Sure. But it's the crown jewel, dude. I sure. mean, they, had, they, they, have, they have the most whack matches out there. I mean, seeing DX versus the, what, the Brothers of Destruction... Kane okay. Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar. I always, like, I always okay. joke. Yeah, I always joke that the and um, to use an anime term. Are you into anime, Sancho? Yeah, yeah. A I'm, little bit. I'm in briefly. Okay, okay, okay. I don't have time to. But that's I that's it. all right. You'll understand this. I respect I, it. I always called Saudi Arabia the filler arc. It doesn't. Oh, it, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. You it doesn't can. Matter. It's not canon. It's not in the no. manga. It's not that's canon. What I'm saying. <laughs> it's CM Punk. Coming back for three weeks or a month before Crown Jewel, having a match Crown Jewel? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's still to me wild to make the decision to do the firing before they're <laughs> one of their biggest shows of the year in it front of a Chicago audience. Yeah. how serious it was. Yeah, like, you know, a lot of people were calling him dumb, but I'm like, I'm trying to read between the lines. And to me, it's like it had to have been a terrible situation for him to make that call knowing that he was going to instantly become the biggest heel in professional wrestling by doing so. So did you, did you think it was a, a, a work though in the back of your mind? No, because they were leaning that he was, that CM Punk would be a heel. Like yeah. that would make him the ultimate heel. I thought he would still show up at, at Chicago. Like that to me, if, if he did that, if they, if they worked it right it would be a very cool work in my mind because like using social yeah, media, sure. sending out the statement and then all of a sudden CM Punk says, I'm not leaving. I'm the real champion. And then you're like, ho, oh, then you got some good things to work with for like months and months where CM Punk just does whatever he wants. But it's a shame that it was real. Yeah, I, I think that it is real. Um, if it's a work, if I was a TV, I that, like at first, at first. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I was like, things. if I, I never thought it was a work. Because first, I was like, any TV network exec would be like, what the hell? Why, why would you? Why would you tell people that he's not going to be at our at our shows when when we mm. need to? We we need ratings. We need people to watch, and people want to watch CM Punk. Uh, but the fact that this was the second time that this has happened, and not the first time, and Tony Khan going as far as saying that his life felt threatened. <sighs> Granted, I've seen Vince do weirder and worse. You know, Vince is the guy that blew himself up in a limo, okay? But it like to me, yeah. like to go out and say that your life is in danger, um, I feel like that that might be a little bit um a little too far uh, to be a work. I don't know. It's it's the gorilla position. There's a lot of emotions there and to happen right during the show, mid show, and punk's about to literally go out there. I yeah. could see, I could see where it's just too much to deal with and I, like I said, end of the day, it's a terrible move for for the now, but the later sure. you'd be happy. I agree. The future AEW would be happy about their decision. Today. I think so, too. I do think so, too. I think everybody's going to come out on top. All right. Well, Sancho, let's talk about WWE Payback, uh, the little B show that could. The little B premium live event that everyone's like, a six-match match card? This is just a glorified Raw. There's only one match from SmackDown. I'm going to skip this. To me turned out to be a very 
very pleasant surprise um, in terms of the results, the quality of the matches. Every match got plenty of time to be able to breathe. Some matches were better than others, and we'll go through those matches. But your initial pulse on the result of the show and, and how you feel about it, what did you think overall of Payback? I did feel that six matches, there were matches where they were like, you, they could have added more stuff. I feel like the, it, for a roster as big as WWE, you shouldn't have six matches for a PLE. And you could feel that some of the matches were just a little too long. Uh, if Rhea and Raquel were was a little bit shorter, that would have been a banger, like a really, really great match. Uh, Seth Rollins and Nakamura, if it was just a little bit shorter, it would have been a better match. And I just felt like it, it, a lot of it felt like a marathon in some instances. I think it's just because I'm not used to these long, letting them cook type of six minute, uh, six man, uh, six card matches. I felt like we could have had more segments in between. We could have had the Street Profits with, you know, that segment where they had on SmackDown where uh, Lashley came out and talked about the Street Profits. Like, why don't we have that at a PLE? Uh, there's so many opportunities to talk about even the New Day. Like, I, the point I'm trying to make is. I felt that the PLE was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a couple of issues I have with every single match, per se. But at the end of the day, the biggest black eye or the biggest blunder would be the main event. I was not happy with the main event. you got to have a good main event. And I'm just confused on what are they doing with Seth Rollins in general. Like, what is the purpose for him? I know there's rumors that he will have surgery soon. They're going to get the belt off of him. But why give us some great moments of making, oh my goodness, we're going to get a sick Nakamura, Shinsuke, and not doing anything with him. And we'll break down every yeah, match as, sure. it, as it goes along. But I'm simply saying it was good. It wasn't great. But I think payback, the main issue that they have is they put themselves in a box mm -hmm. because it has to be the payback from the previous SummerSlam, right? That's the, that's the story. Not necessarily. Right? I was about right? to... Am I right about it? I was about to jump in on something here um, because it looks like to me on paper, the WWE is changing the way that they do their premium live events where they are willing to keep uh, men and women off of the one particular PLE card to build them for the next one. So let me point this out to you. Becky you Lynch, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus, LA Knight, The Miz, Rey Mysterio, Austin Theory, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez, and Shinsuke Nakamura. That is the majority of the people on this card did not have a match one-on-one -on -one or tag team at SummerSlam. All of these uh, matches were built alongside parallel to SummerSlam or beyond SummerSlam. Like, for example, the Becky Lynch Trish Stratus match. A lot of people were upset that it was kept off of the SummerSlam card. And I think it ended up being a little bit of a blessing in disguise because it has allowed the feud to build and made us care a little bit more because had they in because there were a lot of people upset at SummerSlam as well because why wasn't there a Rhea Ripley match? Why didn't we have Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez? Well, it would have been rushed this time. It actually mattered. There was a story. There was a narrative. So I think we're going to see back and forth PLEs where it has one chunk of the roster and then the next PLE will have another chunk of the roster. Okay, I hear you. That's a good argument. I feel that the big four of PLEs, SummerSlam should have had those people that you mentioned. It had LA Knight, by the way. Well, I'm talking like battle singles Royale. matches. You're talking, yeah. I know, I know, but like a battle royal, come on. We're not going to count. Come on, come on. I know, but I'm, I'm trying to like explain to you. What I'm trying to say is 
what made SummerSlam not great in my eyes was they gave too much. The pacing of both PLAs were wrong. They gave too much time for Roman and the Bloodline, right? Sure. That was just oodles of time. Finn Balor solo, we all know that he's going to lose. I'm sorry. Like, Finn Balor, I see him out there. He's wrestling. They're going to lose. Granted, he didn't lose that payback. But we're talking about SummerSlam compared to the, the payback. If you had to compare those two, what saved payback for me was the Pittsburgh, whatever they wanted to call it. That was the only saving grace for me for this pay-per-view, this PLE. Oh, I think we have very wildly different I, opinions. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, the pacing towards the end was a little bit iffy, but I think overall from head to toe, this is a more consistent match card and better uh, in-ring action, better result, and honestly just a better in-ring narrative than most of the matches in SummerSlam with match one yeah let's start with match one let's start off with the one match that a lot of people were already calling the snooze fest they were calling becky lynch versus trish stratus in a steel cage match the snooze fest before the match even began granted to give people benefit of the doubt the storyline in my opinion has been a little bit weak i think that Great. the the promos especially when trish stratus gets on the mic can be a little bit too drawn out and they don't really get to the point. Funnily enough, the best person on the mic during that feud was Zoe Stark and she wasn't even one of the main players there. Um, additionally, the matches that they had leading up to this match had left something to be desired. And then on top of that, the go home episode of Monday Night Raw had uh, Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark putting on an absolute banger of a false count anywhere match. So it left a lot of us thinking there's no way that they can top that and then you're adding a cage which in theory for many matches is a very constrictive and doesn't allow for a good match flow and unless in, you're like a high flyer a, a, unless a, you're a high flyer and neither of them are neither of right. them are and in my opinion they torched the house down. My only complaint about this match was that the whole reason they had a cage in the first place, Sancho, was to keep Zoe Stark out, and they still managed to get Zoe Stark in there, which is... Oh, come on. You know, it, 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 there's always going to be shenanigans sure, in the cage, dude. Sure, sure. You so, when Undertaker popped out of yeah. nowhere? Come on. Yeah, I know. The quick, quick side rail. I know this is... this. this is, we're, we're going a little bit off topic. I still remember uh, Kane... This You weren't watching wrestling, so it was Kane yeah. versus JBL. Uh, no, sorry. Big Show, JBL for the WWE championship yeah big show choke slam jbl from the top of the cage goes through the ring all oh right the big show walks out of the cage which i still think it's dumb that they let them go through the door anyways right he's ab about to step foot through and he comes out he's celebrating only to find out that jbl went through the ring and crawled under the ring to win the match anyways yes you're no right sells a choke slam <laughs> no no he didn't know sell it he's just like crawling yeah, know, and dying like, okay <laughs> shouldn't you be dead i mean foley went out of the ring didn't oh. move had to take out the gurney true, for a bit. True, true. Anyways. Tooth for crying out loud. Come on, <laughs> JBL. So, you, so you're right. There are pretty constant shenanigans in cage matches. Always. But that's it. That's my nitpick. Because uh, aside from that, um, I think that the ladies absolutely cooked in the ring. Um, we had spots that I never in a million years would have guessed somebody the age and the status of Trish Stratus right. to be willing to we'll still do. Yes. Um, like, for example, doing the hanging off the legs upside down uh, yep. and then the super 
superplex off the kind of the top of the cage. Uh, yep. Those are all spots that I would have never in a million years envisioned this match to have. There were some really cool callbacks that I'm not sure if maybe you the, picked the up on. Peak. The yeah, Widow's yeah. Peak, the yeah. Twist of Fate. So I just thought that... Um, the in-ring action was good. The match narrative was good. And I walked out pleasantly surprised with this match. I think that it's on the WWE for not really making this match more hype. Mm -hmm. the, you know, you had... It literally could have been Icon versus Icon all over again. I mean, they kind of talked about it a little bit, how Becky Lynch is the, you know, their era, Trisha is her era. They really could have leaned into that a little bit more, like a Hogan Rock. It could have been that kind of thing. They leaned too hard on, like, the thank you, Trish. Like, that That could have been, that wasn't hitting for uh, me or anybody. But Becky Lynch definitely just shows you her prowess in the ring, and she's a great performer still. Uh, you talked about that Raw episode, phenomenal. I like this match a lot. It really got going. Started off slow, but it really got going, especially when they hit their their. I'm not going to try to use the word spots, but the moment where they went off the the cage, that was great. And I like that it there was shenanigans, but it didn't in, involve the finish. And that that is always important to me that the finish almost has to be a little clean. Uh, my biggest gripe, though, in cage matches in this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in when I was when when I watch wrestling. <laughs> Cage matches, there was no pins or submissions. It's all about whoever walked out the door or went yeah, over the Yeah, it's, it's been going on for like, Yeah, it's been going on problem. as far as yeah. I know since I've started watching in 2002. They've that's allowed for thing. pinfalls and submissions, yeah. It, uh, granted, I know when it comes to, like, ladder matches, how much can they fumble with the briefcase at the top <laughs> and they climb ladders slow. I get all that by the time, but I, 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 I'm a sucker for traditional stuff. For sure. If you if you're gonna help be a tag match, hold on to the rope. I don't mind AEW tag matches, but who's the legal man? That's what I want to know. So <laughs> when it when it comes to a cage match, I thought it would have been a much ex much more dramatic to see someone. You know, it's always that drama. Drama is like the 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 face is struggling okay. to get out. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. hit their move and they're just like climbing out and they they fall to the floor exhausted and they're ding, ding, ding. like that to me is what I love about cage matches. But great A match. I, I enjoy it. And ever, for like this match, SummerSlam, banger matches right out the gate. Mm -hmm. Banger match. Absolutely. Right so thumbs up both of us from this match. All right. Uh, I'll let you take the reins on this one because you're the big LA Knight guy, even though I'm the one wearing the shirt. Yeah. We have yeah. LA Knight versus The Miz with John Cena as the special guest referee. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because I have I have some some perspectives here, especially on John Cena's involvement. I'd love to hear where where you stand on this. Well, well, well. For those who don't know, Santi and I have like a dark podcast like a dark match podcast <laughs> i like that a dark his, match right? podcast yeah we literally had a one where i think that's that kind of convinced santi like maybe we should do this together uh we talked about how la knight just to give you catch you up to that la knight i feel should have never been fed to the miz because the miz has a tendency to bury people on accident or or maybe on purpose but most likely on accident just because how good the miz is and i feel that the wwe we're we're now understanding that oh my god he's our top seller in t-shirts we need to start pushing this guy and i think they rushed it too fast by giving them the miz this man literally won a battle royale which meant absolutely nothing just to give uh la knight an opportunity a win straight into the miz which is the buzzsaw of anyone that's climbing the charts and I felt they did it wrong, and it showed a lot of holes in LA Knight's game that I feel that were unnecessary to show 
because whatever he was doing was working. Why trying to make him a diamond right now when he is cooking as a coal, you know? Let that man do his thing and let him reach what he needed to do. So that was my problem initially with this feud. Sure, we want to see a Ken L.A. Knight handle a promo, cut a promo against someone else that's just irritating him, annoying him, without using catchphrases too much. We did see in the go-home, he struggled and called out Miz's wife, which I thought was unnecessary and too old school. Yeah, yeah. It was hokey. It was hokey. It was too hokey yeah. because it, 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 it landed like a wet fart. Yeah. Everyone was like, what? No, you know, that to me is like you're losing the argument and you're trying to go somewhere yeah. to try yeah, and dig yeah. yourself out. And, and I saw right through it. And Miz didn't really – Miz, I could – I'm happy Miz just went, uh, whatever, right? He kind yeah, of blew it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's all the buildup. My thing about this match, and I know you're the biggest John Cena fan, and I asked you this question in that dark podcast or one of them, was why do we have John Cena now? What is there going to do for John Cena for these couple of months? I feel that John Cena is, is, is coming in when SmackDown doesn't necessarily need John Cena. It has his bloodline. It has LA Knight. It has so many good things for him that adding John Cena... I feel is overkill. I love John Cena. He follows me on Twitter, by the way. I don't know if he follows you, son. He doesn't, he even though he follows half a million follow people. He doesn't follow me. The biggest John Cena fan. Okay, so, so what are your thoughts so far on his involvement okay. here? So I feel he's unnecessary, and I think it's overshadowing, overshadowing LA Knight. I know it's giving him a big challenge to step up to him, but his involvement at Payback felt weird. It felt like... It was not letting LA Knight. We didn't even let LA Knight talk on payback, bro. Mm -hmm. We had the Miz and John Cena cut a promo. Miz showing off that he still has it and he still could go toe-to-toe with John. Them cutting jokes and LA Knight coming out to no promo. It would have been nice to have all three of them, huh? Thank you. That would have been all nice. If I went and spent top dollar, no one better. (laughs) <laughs> right. If I spent top money to go see LA Knight and a PLE with a match with against the Miz, and the man doesn't talk, he doesn't get to say his things that I've been wanting to say for months. That was upsetting to me. I felt that that was a bad call not to have LA Knight do his thing, to have LA Knight come out there and I get the whole thing of like, ooh, are they, aren't they going to fight with Cena? Cena is a referee, which reminds me of the days when Shawn Michaels used a special guest referee, kind of involved with a match, kind of being a wrestler involved. Um, it was very cinematic in the way they showed their facial, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the great cuts. Like, they, it, they kind of planned it out very well to show us the story and possibly show us the future match with LA Knight. The biggest mark that, or oh, the biggest problem I have, Santi, and he doesn't need John Cena's approval he doesn't need a handshake from john cena he doesn't need the respect from john cena he doesn't need it because you know why santi this man has done it on his own for the longest time he doesn't need it he no doesn't need you're that. not understanding you're not he understanding you're cena. not understanding this you're not understanding this all right let let, let me explain to you you're gonna tell me a handshake means a lot in this business listen remember when the rock came out and held up roman's hand and pointed to him and everybody was like that the same feeling I got. No Cena. way. No, we're not me. even yep. close. Yep. Not even close. And look, and even even if we're using that example of Roman Reigns getting his hand raised by The Rock, 
even if that didn't land with the with the fans because it didn't land with the fans it's not about it landing with the fans that sancho was a full vote of confidence from the wwe to say roman is our guy cena raising his hand is he doesn't need it. You're, I'm not disagreeing. It is a vote of confidence that for me as an LA Knight fan allows me to breathe a little bit easier that there isn't this like crazy heat backstage that we hear all the time about LA Knight not getting along with people. If WWE was willing to let their biggest WWE superstar of all time give his acknowledgement of LA Knight, even if you thought it was cringe, even if it didn't land with the fans, it, that's good for LA Knight at the very minimum on a backstage and politics basis because he's got that. He's he didn't need it. You're not wrong, but he's got it. And 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 the fact that he got it is to me the WWE giving him a high five, saying like, "Hey, we see it in you. We're not going to to keep you in the back burner anymore. We were wrong with having you as as Max Dupree." Here is our, I guess, our acknowledgement that LA Knight, you are one of our guys. Go ahead, okay, Sancho. For sure. No, I was doing acknowledgement. Oh, acknowledgement. For sure. <laughs> for sure. For yeah. sure. Like, so no, what, I, I get that. I get that. I for get sure. That. One thing that I want to want to talk about is John Cena's involvement in the actual match itself and why I think, and I think we differ here, and why I think it was super important to have John Cena in this match. Having John Cena in this match allowed the WWE to to help mask the fact that this wasn't a good match because it was never going to be a good match. It was never going to be a five out of five Tokyo Dome, Dave Meltzer, seven stars, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay type of match. It was never going to be that. But John I know that. It, but it, I was, I was going to say, yeah, I know that, but LA Knight doesn't need to have a banger match right now like that. He just needs to win. I did, That's I, it. I disagree. I, 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 I don't think that he needs to have a banger match. I think he needs to have a good show. And John Cena adds to the show aspect of things because LA Knight is never going to have a good match, but he needs to put on a good show. And John Cena's involvement allowed the WWE to mask the fact that this wasn't going to be a great match in ring. And it allowed LA Knight to play his character more in the ring as opposed to only doing wrestling moves. Because then we had, like you said, that face off, that conversation with Cena in the ring. It allowed LA Knight to be LA Knight the character in the ring as opposed to just that guy doing grappling moves getting the one two three what do you uh, think what do you think I just think that uh, WWE is overthinking it okay everyone this is what LA Knight was doing before after Bray right he come out I want to win this belt lose right cut a promo about winning I want the United States Championship belt I should be next in line lose I'm going to do this lose I'm going to be, I'm better than you. Lose. Ray, you're a deadbeat dad. Lose, right? He would, that's what he mm -hmm. was doing. All they have to do is just, instead of letting him lose, just letting him win. And that's what I mean. They overcomplicating him with Cena. Because now people are going to be like, whoa, who's his next feud? Is he fighting Cena? Is him and Cena going to cross But that's bars? good. That's a good thing that people no. are. Yes, it is. People no. are talking and wondering and asking questions. Near Cena. No, I'm not saying no. it needs to be Cena. I'm saying at least people are talking about what's next for people LA Knight. People are already talking about him. With everybody saying <laughs> LA Knight, right? They're already talking about him. He's the dude. 
the dude was doing he was losing and doing nothing and he had the top t-shirt sell that's what i'm trying to say like this guy was already cooking he didn't he what, what was happening is the internet and everybody started going wait wait a minute there's something wrong here. This picture doesn't look right. Is when Miz started saying it. Mm -hmm. Everyone had this feeling that that LA Knight was just a catchphrase. Everyone's saying that he's just maybe he could be a fat. Like that's what the internet was saying, right? We were just wondering. And then the WWE, with the vote of confidence of the Miz, confirmed our suspicions. And this you thought, okay, LA Knight, this is your time to overcome all that. You're gonna go against the Miz. You're gonna have the be in the ring with John Cena, but for me, it's just they're 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 complicating the recipe of LA Knight, bro. He doesn't need all that. He was doing what he was doing without it, and I felt it was just an overproduced match for LA Knight. It needed the, to be overproduced. All I needed, all I needed him was to win, bro. Don't 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 slip. Don't fall and win. That's it. That's all I want for him. And I don't it, think so. I, with time, with time, he would get better. And with time, he would find his way. But I think we're just, I feel as fans, we're putting too much into his rise. Just let him be and let him do his thing. Don't expose too much too soon and he'll be fine. I don't think that he he's good enough in the ring to just be fine and coast through with just winning a match here or there. I think you put on enough sleeper matches, people are going to stop caring. No, there's no shot. There's no shot because he is comedic enough to do things in the ring. His promo work and impact and all the previous work of him segments of the dummy, the, the dummy uh, button, all that kind of stuff. He is very creative if you let him be creative. The thing is what the problem was is like people are like he's they, they're they they're trying to put him in a box that he's a throwback to attitude, that he's stone cold and the rock. So let him like... <laughs> I'm just saying because, like, I love the Attitude Era, but wrestling back then wasn't about having these crazy five-star matches. It was just about entertaining fans with some good, solid wrestling and some chaotic finishes. And I think that's what LA Knight is. He's a throwback to that because he doesn't need to do anything else. I mean, remember, Stone Cold broke his neck, turned into a brawler. That dude did not have a million moves at the end of the day, but he was charismatic, he was engaging, and yes, he was Stone Cold, so he got a lot of passes. But remember when Stone Cold didn't wrestle and he would just pop up out of nowhere and cause chaos with the what? And then he was a commissioner? That could be LA Knight. Like, that would be a fine journey for him. Oh, dude, it'd be a fine journey if he just became the biggest WWE superstar of all time, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, yeah, that's a fine journey. That's a fine journey. Oh, I'm just saying that I think that LA Knight could find his own niche because sure. he's such a unique, charismatic person persona that he doesn't need to be... Does he need the gold to make him great? Maybe. Maybe he needs an intercontinental championship for him to run around with. But I'm, I'm just trying to say that I think a lot of people are trying to rush LA Knight too fast. This and is too and fast. That, that is true. What I will tell you is there's been plenty of people with great charisma, great promo abilities that have been tossed aside. Look, there was somebody that got so incredibly over by himself and pioneered the concept of social media and wrestling in Zack mm -hmm. Ryder, and he got absolutely buried to kingdom come. You know what? And I'm now realizing that's the worst example because he also got the Cena rub, and then he ended up being, ended up going nowhere. Because I was about to tell you that, hey, you know what? Like the vote of confidence of Cena tells me that the WWE isn't going to Zack Ryder this guy, but then, you know, Cena had the, gave Zack Ryder the Cena rub, and it didn't work, so... 
I love John Cena too, but give me someone who was given John Cena the vote of confidence that he's actually did something with that. Are you serious? I, I just give me one. I just Kevin Owens, one. AJ Styles, hey. Seth Rollins. Hey. Did AJ Styles need the Cena though? Yeah, absolutely, he did. A hundred percent, an independent guy that so, no one knew that the wider WWE universe didn't know coming into the WWE, getting put over twice in a row by John Cena. So absolutely. He needed it. How did Cena do that though? Uh, through through in ring work through, well, through their, through his job, wrestling. through his job, right. wrestling them. Right. So why couldn't they do that with, hopefully they do that with LA Knight, but, yeah, but Cena is a thousand years old now. Is it, 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 we're not comparing the same I thing know, anymore. We're, I know. I'm, that's what I'm trying to tell you. This like, that's why, why involve Cena in that? Like right. Cena was just not as, well, I'm just, hey, I'm just glad hey, you agree with me. <laughs> let's, let's, let's put a pin in this, right? Sure. This would be a great hundred percent because we're going to be having this podcast throughout the Cena run on SmackDown, Absolutely. which I think is unnecessary. You shut your filthy mouth and you take that back. I walk out that door and never come back, Sancho. Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship. This was kind of just like, eh? It was like you're you're doing thumbs down, but I don't. Here's the thing. I thought it was fine. I just didn't care. I just didn't care. It was like, okay, cool. Like this is a great SmackDown match. What is this doing here? There was, you know, I was willing, I was willing yeah. to, okay, let's play this out. Is there going to be the oh, next so story beat? Is yeah. there like, give me the story beat, but we ended up just getting the match, which is something they yep. could have easily done on SmackDown. So mm -hmm. I say, I make the argument of, okay, let's go all out and make this a raw pay-per-view and put Gunther versus Chatty Daddy in there instead of this, because I was, I figured, hey, if they're putting this in here, they're gonna give us the next story beat of the LWL. Whether, mm -hmm. whether it was the full-blown heel turn, whether it was maybe Santos just staring at the title, you know, telling us, uh, all right, now we're getting maybe Santos <laughs> eat a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> while he's looking at the title. But like nothing. There was no next thing for us to sink our teeth into. So ultimately this felt like we were biting a I don't know, a cloud. There was no substance yes. in there. There was nothing. Well, it's interesting. I know I have a problem with the overproduction of LA Knight and Cena. I feel like a lot of the matches in this card could have used a little bit more. Like, they could have used Waller here somewhere to just build that relationship with A-Town and Waller, right? There's so many things that they could have built, like you talk about LWO. I agree with this. I feel that as much as I love Ray, and Ray's still a solid worker yeah, in the ring. He looked great that match. He looked great in the ring. I love this attire and everything. I just feel that Ray is not accomplishing what he's supposed to be doing with the LWO. His job is to give light to all those wrestlers in that stable. And they, you, you still say, and I've heard you say this, like, who is this dude? Who is that dude yeah. that Kevin Owens and Sammy wrestled? His hat uh, is more recognizable. I'm like, that's the Kung Lao hat from Mortal right. Kombat. I don't know your name, though. So that's the problem with factions is that you need... That's why Vince didn't like factions too much, because they get too big and you lose identity of a lot of people or I don't know what Vince thinks but the point is is that LWO is a and I've met Selena uh, I met her she's very nice very nice person I had a nice conversation with her at the Street Fighter party a long time ago when that launched um, I love what they're doing as individuals but I feel as a faction they're not they don't have an identity and it's the same because, you know, I'm a Mexican-American and that's what they're supposed to, we're supposed to latch on to that type of thing. And Lord knows WWE 
has stereotype factions that were worse for my people um and the lwo should be celebrated but this match i agree with you the biggest sin that you can have in ple is not have any launching points or ending points yes that, that's it that's that, it a hundred percent you said it because this was this was an ending point i think but an mm -hmm. ending point to a story that really properly wasn't even built in the first place so it's kind of yeah. it's 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 a dead end that's all it was it was a dead end and i figured with it being a dead end match a match where i'm like i don't care which one of you wins what's next this is where you give me the what's next and they didn't do that and even uh -huh. though it was a totally fine match like if like if i'm just there to see the technical work it was good but that's not what we're only there to see what happened to this ruthless austin theory that they were doing did they drop that remember he came back and yeah. he was like super aggressive that's one thing like if you're gonna have this kind of match give me something new so that way i could latch on to for the next time I see. Yeah, I think we're back to to kind of like we're goofy. Yeah, is. yeah, because he he had that thing with uh, with pretty deadly. Now he's uh, I guess I would love for him to team up with Grayson Waller and and That's create a town like, down under. That'd be great. Why didn't Waller come out and try to interfere? Yeah. Why did Santos like I don't know. Yeah, they could have done a ton of things to make exactly. to give intrigue to this aside it from it just being a good SmackDown match. That's all. All right, let's go to what many people are pegging as a match of the night, me included, because I had a tremendous amount of fun during this match. We have champions, uh, or ex-champions, I should say, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending their championships against the Judgment Day members, Finn Balor and Damian Damien Priest for the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships in a Steel City Street Fight. I ran with the, the, with the last match, so I'll let you run with this one first. Uh, initial thoughts, what did you think of this? At first, I was worried because I'm I'm never a fan of like arena matches because they could be too too wild and the pacing could be wrong. But this was paced nicely. Had some nice uh, tip of the hats to the city of Pittsburgh to hockey things of that sort. That was really fun as well. Uh, the match. Sorry, one set. second, Sancho. That yeah. that that hockey homage. Two Canadians would never would never do that. They would never put on a never. Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. And no, 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 no. Two Canadian fans. No way. I was hoping they'd do the shirts over the thing. That'd be sick. Gloves, yeah, that'd right? be so, sick. Yeah, I'd yeah. All right, sorry, I cut you uh, off. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, so that was always my worry. Is, is like you need to have a very focused when you have an, an arena match. When if they started and they went right to the outside of the ring, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> We're not going to have any ring work out the gate. Uh, but I think they did well. I know people who don't like the Judgment Day don't like Dirty Dom coming in. It's it's like, by the book, Judgment Day, Dom's going to show up, Rhea's going to show up, right? But I felt like they were used in a perfect way. Dom taking that Swanton oh, by Kevin Owens was wild. Kevin Owens, you're a wild man. Um, I think it was a great way to say goodbye to Sammy and KO for a while, in a way, or KO mainly. It showed Sammy was strong at the end. He was able to almost beat Judgment Day by himself by avoiding the uh, the razor's edge into the coup de gras. And that would look very awesome. And that whole sequence was very paced well. And Kevin Owen being just the G that he is, showing his that he could still work anything. I think my favorite Kevin Owen match still is Stone Cold at WrestleMania. That was showing you how great of a worker. And Kevin Owens can't do any wrong, right? Kevin Owens is always reliable. At the end of the day, the right call was made. You gotta get the belts off of K uh, KO and Sammy if they're not gonna wrestle as tag teams. Finn Balor finally getting a win. 
I thought the best moment in the match for me, the comical moment was seeing he's getting hit by the trash can and the kendo sticks. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's what Finn Balor gets treated like yeah. now. And every time he hears a match, he's going to take the L. Uh, I thought it was a great thing. I think Judgment Day needed those gold. They need to be glittered in gold. And I think they needed the belts more than ever. The only thing that I felt that was weird is like, I've never seen a faction with so much gold and the money in the bank which doesn't bode well for Damien or it doesn't bode well for anyone or for him cashing in at all. Um, and it's just, it's a weird hiccup. Now it's a weird wrinkle to have everything yeah. for judgment day. When this entire time they were losing on TV so many days in a row, money, the, the briefcase was the, the canary in the coal mine for this faction breaking up. I mean, Finn Balor, poor Finn Balor, we get his head hit so many times by that briefcase <laughs> and to see them win. Awesome. Great call. But I think this match killed the crowd after that. There was nothing at the, the, the par, pyro the celebration. We love the heels, which is a Triple H thing, heels rule type of thing. And the crowd was dead throughout the whole entire night afterwards because it was such a good match. It, yeah. was, it, it definitely is my match of the night. Yeah, I mean, in, in retrospect, there were rumors going into the show that this was going to be the main event. And if those were original rumors, maybe original scripts that were leaked, I could see why. I can absolutely yeah. see why uh, this was maybe potentially rumored to be the main event. It went the length of a main event. It had the craziness of a main event. It had the ending presentation of a main event with the pyro. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The crazy false finishes. Uh, one of the, um, I guess, the gripes that people are voicing about this match is that, well, it just turned into a five on two. Here, it, it, It's just like a Roman Reigns match. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Even when it turns into a five on two, Finn Balor finds a way to lose. That's that he's always found a way to lose. It didn't matter. That's why the end result was so even if it was a 5v2 shocking that they won and what a pleasant surprise to take the tag titles off of you know unfortunately two guys that weren't able to really get off the ground as tag team champions but I hope this means that now we're going to have the tag titles really represent the tag team division a little bit more because the tag team division on both Raw and Smackdown are stacked and they've had nothing to really go after aside from kind of just like meaningless feuds like Drew McIntyre oh like that guy from the Viking race pushed me so now we have a match right like there's no there's no stakes right now in the tag team division hopefully this allows there to be some room for the tag team division to truly flourish but i thought the match was great i thought i've been calling it the a beautiful car wreck i i i thought that the narrative that it told was such a great story in the in-between, like, the, the the table spots, the crazy swanton from two stories up, the uh, Kevin Owens turning into Kevin Moxley and Kevin Hardy all in the same match. Like, man, like you said, Kevin Owens, MVP of that match in terms of just some of, like, the, the crazy, gruesome things that he did. And I love the finish of the false finish with J.D. McDonough um, stopping the pin, then leading into a Rhea Ripley spear from out of nowhere, then Dominic Mysterio with the briefcase. It just seemed like for the first time in weeks, Judgment Day clicked. I had, right. and, and it was, it was something that, I, it wasn't on my bingo card, dude. I was certain certain that the judgment day was not winning this i feel that the problem with judgment day in the whole in their game is their promo work they're not there yet yeah. as a faction you know damien's growing getting better on the mic Rhea is is, is less is more for her right now 
And I just did not like the direction they were going with Rhea trying to put the boys together in their place. It didn't really work. It was awkward at times because it was just, it's a weird thing to do. Like, Judgment Day is at its best when everyone has a clear role. Mm -hmm. Then Balor's the leader. Rhea Ripley's the mommy. Dirty Dom is just the, the, the heel that everyone hates and boos out the building. And Damien's the muscle, right? That's... For me, that's the best. And then they started experimenting. Oh, no, let's let Damien talk a little bit more. Mm. Or let's let Rhea be the leader. Or let's... No, they let Dom the same. Okay, let's yeah, see what yeah, I mean. Like, yeah, no, I've been, I've been me, saying that Dom is the gimp from uh, Pulp Fiction. That's that's right. his role. It, it works. He works really well. And yes, it's a samesy samesy with Judgment Day always involving everybody. But at the end of the day, the faces look great. Sammy looked great. KO looked great. They almost had it. And it, it just, for the part of the business, the belts need to be off of them. I just wish, I don't like undisputed tag team belts. There's too many tag teams on both shows that need to be fighting for something. And I feel they need to separate those belts. I, I do see, since Judgment Day seems very nomadic, they pop up on NXT. They pop up on, they, they're, they're everywhere. I would love to see Finn. I would love to see this be like a New Day situation where any of the three could defend the belts. The Freebird rule, yeah. Right, right. Not. I don't want to see uh, Finn and Damian be a tag team. I would love to see Damian and Dom be a tag team or Dom and Finn. Like, I think that would be fun because then there's a dynamic that it leaves the room open for one in, one of them to take the fall and the belts get pulled off. Of, one of the belts that get pulled off of uh, New Day. I, uh, I mean, uh, Judgment Day. I think that would be awesome if... SmackDown gets it, or what are they on Raw, right? Yes, they're, yeah, on, they're Raw. on Raw. They should drop the belts to SmackDown, so and that tag team division could grow for sure. So thumbs up, oh, absolutely. Down, thumbs that up. Saved the, that saved the show for me because I was okay. so upset about LA Knight. Hmm. Um, yeah, wait, wait. We I don't open this wound again. All right, I'm still mad at you. I'm still upset at you. Hey, I'm still upset at hey, you over this. this. Is why we, no one wants a oh, they both agree wrestling show. <laughs> they don't want that. All right, uh, we'll do this one really quick. Uh, Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes. Um, I thought this was weird because Cody Rhodes was the guest, only for him to come out and say, "I'm not the guest." Ah, psych, it's Jey Uso. So Jey Uso comes out, new entrance theme, uh, kind of a new look as well with the... With the... What, is it, what is it like? It's it's just me, Uso. <laughs> uh, so now we have Jey Uso on Raw. Uh, I think really the only interesting thing about this is, because, I mean, it's a joke, like the whole, like people are already clowning the fact, like the whole, he quit the WWE and is back in two weeks anyways. Uh, we, don't, we don't have to dig into that. Uh, but I think what's interesting about this is that we now have our way for our, our strings have attached of how we get Cody Rhodes back with Roman Reigns. It's there. Oh, for sure. It's there. It's yeah. Now we have the narrative in place. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Survivor Series War Games is Team J versus Team Jimmy, or, or uh, it, and it's going to involve Cody Rhodes, most likely Solo Sokoa. I'm not sure if it, if it would involve Roman, but I'm already seeing it, and I like it, and I like it. Um, I don't know if this needed to be on Payback, necessarily i think this could have been on raw but hey i'm just happy that uh, we got jay uso back it also means jay uso and Sami Zayn back on the same show and that's gonna be fun it, i would that's what i mean i think ko goes off tv for a bit gives sammy an opportunity to get back into the bloodline in some sort of way because that was just too good too too good to let yeah. go i mean that's a story that should go on forever him and him and jay yeah, the honorary use stuff is too good. Um, yeah, we'll just we'll we'll leave that one because we can jump into the matches. Hey, one, it's just me. <laughs> hey, 
I have to say, Jimmy has the better theme. Oh, 100 percent. It's not even close. Fired. I've already like I'm I'm waiting for the uh, like raw version without any yeah. like crowd sound to be released because yeah. that's going right in the workout playlist. Oh, I think it's such so a good. good, it's such a banger theme. All right, um, not hey. with my brother, just me. <laughs> I mean, when you point out the lyrics like that, then yeah, it's kind of silly. It sounds it cool when he's singing it, but when you do it like that, it sounds I'm lame as hell. Just me. Just me. Not, <laughs> I'm not solo. I'm really solo. Just me. <laughs> Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for oh, the yeah. Women's World Championship. This uh, is a good match. You you this liked it. Match. You liked it. I okay. liked it a lot. Okay, like you, you go with it because I didn't love okay. it, but I didn't hate it. So I, I I have less things to say than you probably do. They they, they showed that they could they could they could really um, work, man. They were doing some awesome things. Uh, I liked it a lot. I know the crowd was dead for it, and I know a lot of people at home were dead for it, uh, especially coming after the match that you just talked about, the Steel City. But they they work well, man. Their chemistry together reminds me of a lot of old school wrestling, and you you, you know, kind of just. They're just like titans together, and they had some good good hits, and they were trading blows. I just think their only downfall was just, it was just they get were given too much time. If they were given less time, it would have made everything matter a little bit more. And it was it wasn't sloppy for the wrong reasons because they were just going at it, man. Mm -hmm. And I I thought it was a great Raquel's a great feud for Rhea. I agree. It's just I agree. like it's just like Charlotte and Rhea, you know. Uh, you always need someone that was could be your mirror match and Raquel has that strength, the clotheslines, the there's just the physicalness of both of them and that's I never had this view as someone who watches wrestling. I don't care if the women don't hit the ropes hard enough or they don't have that same thud sound when they hit the mat. But they have that kind of that 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 brought a little something extra to it, and I love their feud. I think there is more Mike. I wish that Rhea would have sold the shoulder a little bit more because she literally speared KO. Oh, that's right. Them. That's right. Yeah. I, I thought they would sell that, and that to me, I thought, oh, Rhea might lose because Raquel. Like th that's my thing about wrestling, is I wish Raquel should have been like, oh, you hit your shoulder. I'm gonna work your shoulder. And make Rhea work through that as a champion and the will of the champion. I, I thought they were going to do that, and they didn't. Um, but like I said, my only gripe about it was that they were just given too much time. Yeah, that. And, uh, yeah, what you suggested there usually is not something that they do for against heels. That's usually something right. like the the good right. guy but goes Rhea, through that adversity. But, but yeah, Rhea's, she's a face. Let's admit it. She's yeah, we face. we want to like her for sure. Narratively, exactly. she's not. Exactly. Um, and I think I think Raquel Raquel has a future, and she had the oh, Eddie, Eddie she had the Eddie Flames going. Uh, and ring attire. I, I I just think that, man, I just wish this this match was somewhere else in the card. Like it should have been. It was in the death spot, right? Like right before yep. the main event. It was dead, and like to be right after that car wreck, um, for of the tag yep. titles match. Like that is a tough spot it to be in. Should have been, like before it. Like this the, the the car wreck should have been uh, like, yeah. Sw and then I swap Ray and Rhea. The, swap right. that those matches, and I think you right. you've got the right pacing. Right, and but I think they wanted to give Rhea some time to rest because she literally was doing her thing before. Yeah. But they should have put the Waller effect to have that moment of Jay in between the main event and Steel City. That's right. Not, yeah, just I'm I'm, I'm with you. You know, you mentioned the length of the match, and it was, and I agree, but it's this double-edged sword. 
because I do think that it was long and I think it would have benefited from being a 10 minute match. But the complaint around the, you know, the WWE universe is that Rhea Ripley doesn't get any long matches, that the women aren't getting enough time in oh, the ring. I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Where you see how physical they were, I understood. They sure. Were gassed, dude. Sure. They were yeah. Because this has been easily the longest Rhea Ripley match that we've had. I think the long, weirdly, like man. Tyson. What's that? Like Tyson. Like Mike Tyson. Yeah, sure. Mike Tyson never went the distance, but when he does go the distance, it's serious. But I didn't. I just don't think that it, it, if it was just a round or two shorter. It yeah, I, I agree. I think this would have benefited from being 10 minutes, but then again, it's like we would have opened up. more matches then. Like, I would have been fine with like a seven-round match with her. Like, dude, I could watch those ladies wrestle for the wrestling purposes. I could literally watch them wrestle for seven matches like the seven a seven match series with uh, Raquel that'd be amazing for Rhea. Yeah. That'd yeah. Because yeah. then you could just have short banger matches and then the payoff, the blow off match at the very end number seven at a PLE. I'm ready for For that. sure. And you know, ultimately like I didn't I didn't think it was a bad match. I think I was also just fatigued just like the rest of the of the audience was. I'm more fatigued likely than the average wrestling fan watching from home because I'm doing a watch along. I'm I'm like yep. trying to be entertaining. But at that point I was pretty gassed, but I, mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say that the match is bad because it wasn't. I just think it was a little bit long. I think that there's still a lot more meat on the bone to tell more of this story. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that we also have Liv Morgan in the wings, who is very much part of this story. And we're definitely going to be seeing them for a few months because they already did what I've been calling here for a couple of weeks, which is... It's so clear to me that it's going to be Rhea versus Becky at WrestleMania. So let's find a way to get Becky away from Rhea now that her feud with Trish Stratus is over. And it looks like Becky's going to be doing some NXT stuff, which is great, which leaves obviously Rhea Ripley open to do a lot more work with Raquel, Liv Morgan, um, and hopefully some of the other. Yeah, hopefully some of the other women in the in the raw roster. That match, Rhea versus Raquel was better than Gunther and Drew. Gunther and Drew at WrestleMania? Oh, sorry, at SummerSlam. Mm, okay uh i mean that's an interesting wrong opinion but uh, uh that's my thought. okay it was, it, gunther and drew are boring it, it wasn't it wasn't that yeah you know what now now you're making me think because that was my biggest disappointment of all of SummerSlam. but i didn't think that match was bad and but that i also don't think this match, match was bad they either had a, they had a raw match at SummerSlam. that's what gunther and drew mm, had okay all right, so let's go into the main event here. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, Sancho, to me, here's the thing. My biggest disappointment of the night, but I didn't think it was a bad match. I just think that it should have been so much better. So I'll, I'll tell you where my problems are with this match. I think it starts with Nakamura and his inability to perform at the highest level when he finally gets the opportunity to get the limelight. He did this at WrestleMania versus AJ Styles. Everyone was disappointed with the match. SummerSlam versus Jinder Mahal, that's his moment. Everyone was disappointed with, it, with that match. Not, not, his fault, not his fault, sure. But Nakamura has not been able to bring that NXT black and gold instant banger main event that he used to have on a regular basis, he has not been able to bring that to the main roster, especially not in moments that matter. The And the thing is, is that it was set up perfectly for him. That anime Yakuza boss vibe uh, video entrance that he got was 
brilliant. I've been saying that the WWE has absolutely knocked it out of the park with hiding Shinsuke's inability to really cut an English promo that connects with the audience. And they, they've hid him behind these video packages. And they've done a brilliant job of getting us to care about Shinsuke Nakamura again. So much so that one of the sticking points of Seth Rollins' promo leading up to this was that no one sings the Nakamura entrance theme. What happened when Nakamura came out? People were singing his entrance theme for the first time in a long time. So Nakamura matters again. But this match, I was bored by it for the most part. And the thing is, is like, you know, if I sat here and told you, well, I was just so bored with how slow and how much he was attacking the back. I didn't even think the back came in too in, into too much play here. I feel like they needed to do more of the of, of attacking the back. I feel like there wasn't enough of it because if I got my way with this, Nakamura loses, but he was the only one to walk out of there. I wanted to see that visual of Nakamura lost the battle, but may have won the war by destroying Seth Rollins' back. And I wasn't convinced that he did any extra damage to the back, considering that was the whole the whole story. And now it sounds like I'm putting all this on Nakamura. I think it also goes on Rollins as well. I don't think that that was his best match. I don't think that that was his A game. Like if I had to grade this match, this is a B. This is a B, but Nakamura and Rollins at a B should never be at a B. It, this should be a plus. And when you don't give me a plus, when you have those two guys, I'm upset. I'm upset and I'm disappointed. It sounds like you might be giving this match a C. It sounds like yeah. I, I might be overrating yeah. it in your eyes. But I, yeah. I, 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 to me, it was just average, average. That's that's the problem with 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 this kind of thing, man. It was. It's a C match because it's it should be a B to A match, right? It's it's like wait a minute, these two are great wrestlers and they're not putting on a banger match. Oh, C. That's how much hype this thing had behind it. I think this this needed more of what you're talking about. I needed to see a nastier Nakamura that we've seen the King of Strong style. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see him beat the living daylights out of that back. To so much so where he's stepping on it, where he's stretching it, where he's submission holds, backbreakers. Like if he literally Brock Lesnar and did thousand backbreakers, that would have been sick. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, oh my god, another backbreaker. This is this is disgusting. I'm worried now that Seth is going to lose his back here. Mm -hmm. I needed to see him use the edge of the ring, use the steps, use more of the environment. That's what I was hoping for was that Nakamura was going to be ruthless, but he fell into regular vanilla Nakamura. Yeah, that was when Monday I, Night Raw Nakamura. When I saw Nakamura's outfit, I was like, ooh, he got a gi on. He's looking awesome. He's, he's looking really slick. And then he pulled off the gi to show the, the one suit that you always kind of wear. I was like, oh, no. We're not going to get a different kind of Nakamura. This was an opportunity for Nakamura to be completely different, to have a different style of character, of way he moved in the ring. But he fell back to post-WrestleMania Nakamura that or Nakamura that appeared on Saturday nights or Sunday, right? House show Nakamura type of vibe. And I, I think it's more of a fact that the biggest failure is that Seth Rollins is supposed to be a fighting champion, but I never feel that he's going to lose. Mm -hmm. There's no one that they've been giving him that is like, oh, this might be the place where Nakamura, where Seth loses about. And I thought this was the time. I was like, okay, they're really building up this backstory. Commentary cannot stop saying Seth's back every five seconds. Michael Cole and Corey just talking about his back. 
but the action was not matching the intensity of the commentary. Yeah. The the whole package, the video package, Nakamura saying like he has his tattoo on his back that talks about it, this and that. All that would made it seem like it was dire straits. It made it seem like Daniel Bryanson, I mean uh, Daniel Bryan in his head injury. That's mm-hmm. what I, I was getting from this promo. These type of packages. And it the in-ring action never supported to the build up at all. And and it was one of those things like we again we're still exhausted from the Steel City and what pay-per-views like I said PLEs say where does these guys go from here? Nakamura goes nowhere. The train, the Nakamura train, the bullet train for Nakamura is is goes nowhere here. And that that is the shame for him because that dude was going to be something amazing. And I thought give him the belt, let him be a heel, let him be nasty, let him be ruthless again and give him wrestlers that have physical ailments from the past and that's his whole gimmick is I'm going to I'm going to test you and I literally thought Santi that he was God rest his soul, rest in peace, Bray Riot. But what made Bray so interesting to me was that he found a weakness in your psyche and he poked at that, right? I thought Nakamura was going to find your weakness in your body and attack that to test your mental strength. And I thought what they were going to do with him, which let it be wrestling fans always come up with something more interesting. I thought they were going to feed Nakamura people to see, okay, you have a bad knee. Let's feed you Nakamura to test your will and see if you really want to be a champion. And I thought that's what was going to be Seth's yeah. thing because I thought I thought Seth was going to grow from this moment and show us that he loves to be the champion because right now, much as I love Seth Rollins' past work, I'm not a fan of this version, the visionary Seth Rollins. It's too, it's too aimless sometimes in his heat and his in his anger in his his point of view. It it, it was so good when he was. Uh, what's the guy? The Messiah. No, the when he was going against Bro, what was his what's his name? It's slipping my mind right now. The going bro. To, oh, Matt bro. Riddle, Riddle, Riddles. Thank you. Sorry. When he had that promo against Riddle, and that felt real, and he was like, "Come find me, bro." That's my favorite version of Seth, right there. And and he's like, "I'm right here. Like, I'm not afraid of you." That's the Seth that he should be, yeah. not this Nakamura-ish Seth Rollins. Hmm. I, I. You know. I think you. You really hit it on the head. We're agreeing. Can you believe we're agreeing on something? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I totally agree with you. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now. Shush. Okay. Um. I. I. I entirely agree with you. I. I thought that the commentary was weird for this. Like you said. Like it didn't fit what was happening in in the ring. And the other thing, I got to the point that by the end of the match, I was like, I really, really hope that this is not where Damien Cash is in because if I'm supposed to be be buying the story that Seth is is incapable of moving and walking because of the back injury I'm taken out of it because I don't think that he is I just don't think that the that the match had that brutality that really um that should have been there with the storyline that Nakamura was saying so I thought it was a good match like but I I, I knock it down pegs because of the honestly justifiable expectations that I had for this. I think it's justified to expect a great match from Nakamura and Rollins. I think it's fair to expect a great story, like a great in-match narrative based on what they've been telling up until this point. And I don't think we got either of those things. Dude, Nakamura could have done, you know that spot where he puts the people, like I haven't seen, maybe he did the spot, but I mean, 
maybe I was looking at my phone during the match, but good lord. But there was a moment when you know when he lays him across the turnbuckle and he oh, runs yeah. and hits. Oh him yeah, 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 to the back. What? To the, back. to the back. A like, you know, he 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 did a regular Kinshasa. How about a Kinshasa to the back? To the back. He, That's what I mean. He, he did that flying knee off of the off the top rope that hit Rollins like right like right here. Yeah, that right. was nasty. Okay. To the back. Like it, he was just doing regular Nakamura things. And like you said, the commentary was talking about how vicious he's being to the back. I'm like, no, he's not. Like 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 the good vibration move when he goes like yeah. Like, to the back. To the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, there was so many. That's what I felt disconnected from yeah. the match. It was like, you're selling me that. It, like, Bret Hart knows how to work an injury. Like, if he's working a leg, Bret's working the leg. Every single thing that Bret Hart did in that match was against the leg. He would stomp on it, twerk it, take it to the, uh, the turnbuckle uh, post. Slam it against the post, do figure eight. Like, Bret Hart worked the leg, and I thought Nakamura was going to work the back like no one's business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, dude, WWE no. 2K3 video game players know how to work a section until that thing turns red. Yes. And at the end of that match, that thing was still yellow for Seth for Grand <laughs> It was not ready. It was not red at all, brother. No, it was not red at all. All right, so we're, we're in agreement. I... Even though I'm saying is a fine match, I'm giving it a thumbs down because of the poor narrative and missed expectations that all of us had that I think are justified expectations. I don't think it's like the same wild expectations that we had for like SummerSlam, The Rock's coming out. No, I think these are fair expectations that just weren't met. Um, are you also thumbs down on this? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. But but it's it's because there was a potential for more a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. The potential was not mad. Uh, overall, I am giving, giving payback a thumbs up. I think for a B show, if we want to call it that, I think it, um, it over delivered, frankly, because I think a lot of people just, I was like, I'm missing this. This is just another Monday night raw, but I think that there's enough here where if you miss the show, I feel like you missed out personally. You did. I think you, you missed did. out. Yeah. What, you, you missed out on a magical, arena match which those are very rare yes that they worked out yeah greatest women's steel cage match of all time in consideration for maybe one of the best steel cages in the last 10 years because a lot did of not involve a high flyer spot sure that's usually what the cage match a hundred percent a hundred percent um so overall like i'm gonna give the ple a thumbs up it's not the greatest ple you know it's not backlash like it was this year but it's still something that i think was definitely worth sinking your teeth into and watching on peacock I think the greatest win for this PLE is that the Judgment Day have all the gold. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, they have the gold. KO, uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy don't have the tag belts. The tag division could do something. That's a W. I, man, I don't know, dude. I don't know why I'm so afraid for LA Knight. I just am. I just am. Uh, he's gonna I, be I fine. Just, he got this. He got the Cena endorsement. He's fine. He's fine. All right. I, well, I totally did a Jim Halper to the camera. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this up before we do. So if you're watching this on YouTube, just know that you got the short end of the stick. Our patrons got this a bit early. So if you want to join the, the Patreon, go ahead and check the description down below. Um, I let you know where to find Sancho. Sancho, where can the people find you? Find me at all things at Sancho West. I'm usually live on Twitch on the weekdays from 9.30 a.m. Central to 2 p.m. Central. I've mainly been playing from Fortnite Battle Royale, but I've been mixing up with some variety, and I would love to talk wrestling with the people. The 
people we the people out there and hey there's more to the patreon that'll be coming y'all a hundred percent raw reviews smackdown reviews i'll be doing nxt and AEW reviews this is just the start of the patreon experience um you can continue to be a freeloader your scallywag is watching for free what do you what do you don't have five dollars uh you poor i'm just kidding but, but yeah, you can you can continue Don't to watch buy it. <laughs> that WWE NFL belt, which by the way, those are sick. Really? I think they're so generic. Did you see the video of them? I, well, no, I didn't see that. Watch the watch it in video. Okay, watch fine, I'll watch it in I video. I the same thing too. Okay. I was like, five fifty. These look like these look bad. Yeah. Of, you know, they just it don't it don't present well in a picture form. But when you see that okay. gold shimmer. You see that? Maybe I, I need the Chargers put, one. The Charger belt does look clean. Yeah, I might if need the, the Charger belt. The leather belt. strap is that Charger blue. Come on, dude. Okay. I, you, you know what? If we get enough patrons, then maybe I'll be able to afford the Chargers belt. <laughs> don't, don't give don't spend the five dollars on yourself. Spend it on Santi's belt. Okay. All right, folks. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, whether Wherever it is that you're watching, whether it's YouTube or any uh, podcast services around the globe, uh, please make sure to leave us a like or review, whatever it might be. Thank you very much for watching. I think that wrestling school, Sancho thinks that wrestling in school. Thank you for watching.